So welcome everybody uh, to the podcast six of Indian Youth Water Network. I am being joined today by my co-host for the podcast, Divya Sharma, and we have uh, a new youth member who has a PhD in a very unique discipline, river science. His name is Tarun Bisht. Uh, hi, Tarun. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Neha. Hi, Divya. Hello, Tarun. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for joining, Tarun. So, Tarun, um, since your PhD is in the aspects of uh, what we understand as aquatic ecology, or you know, the science of uh, living beings in residing in various water bodies, and I read a very interesting line in your PhD thesis um, where you wrote, and I would quote you that how the meandering endeavor of research in aquatic ecology has not only been of a scientific nature, but also of personal awakening and much more leading to a transformation. We will come to the uh, transformation uh, as a researcher journey a little later, but I would like to start by asking you that uh, your master's uh, was itself in Aquatic ecology, you can correct me uh, with a more specific or a more correct term for that. And I remember you telling me that you were perhaps the only student in your master's program. So how did that start? How did, how did this journey of studying the science of fellow beings in the river begin for you? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, the master's started, um, the subject itself was called Himalayan Aquatic Biodiversity. And um, it was to do with uh, studying freshwater bodies of uplands, so to say, for the mountains. And uh, so, yeah, I uh, started studying rivers and streams from that course. Like my thesis was on seven streams that, that are cascading streams that join um, the Ganges after, or the Ganga after the Dev Prayag. And uh, there I was studying um, a very typical uh, caddis fly. It's, it's a, a family of uh, macroinvertebrates that occur in these streams. And they are um, known to be rheophilic or flow loving. Uh, it's because they are found in very, uh, where, where the water is gushing, they, you would find these caddis flies. So we were, we were studying those. Um, yeah, and these, these flies, for example, are are bioindicators, so they they tell you about the quality of the water and the quantity of water that is flowing through time in, in that particular patch where we are studying them. So yeah, this was the initiation into um, let's say of a broader topic of like river systems for me. So when I when I when I finished the masters, I was um, already working um, in this project which was uh, funded by WWF India. And that, yeah, it was about environmental flows. So we, so I got to learn more about um, what are the pressures that are, that our rivers in, in India face and also globally, because the, the environmental flows have been, uh, have been discussed by the scientific uh, fora, like over the, over the globe. So that's where like things started to, to diversify for me and also the definition of uh, 
rivers itself started to to broaden and i was uh, so i was brought out from just like uh, talking about the ecology of rivers into you know other dimensions as well and um, yeah that's where i also met you uh, you were also working on the project uh, on the social hydrology if i'm not wrong so yeah Right, right, Tarun. Uh, I think that's a very different way to look towards water bodies and also rivers, the perspective that you hold, given your interest and training. You spoke about the definition of rivers. So I would actually, I'm very curious to understand, uh, and I think it would be interesting for the listeners as well. How do you see rivers? What does the science of river mean to you? Yeah, so you know, um, when I said like the um, my outlook um, changed um, after like joining this new project and everything. Um, of course, the the river for me today means uh, um, it's it's a it's a whole system. It's it's a holistic uh, system that that works pretty well if you let it be. Um, for me, a river consists of like where the first aquifer is, is sprouting in the in the glaciers to the to the delta systems where you know all the sediment and the water is being carried to so that whole thing to me is, is, is a view of river plus the lateral the region where the river spreads when it floods so it's it's actually the right definition like what what everyone should should know and believe in and river is not uh, just a single thread or or a canal uh, which has been modified and then concretized it is yeah it is everything from that glacier if it's a glacier fed river uh, to that ocean and and which can spread to kilometers if it's a big river when it floods it cons constitutes of uh, you know from rocks and pebbles in the mountains to to sand and then silt when it goes through and the lowland plains, um, and then it also, which, which of course fosters the, the the ecology that we were speaking about, you know, small from small diatoms uh, to then aquatic insects to the fishes that feed on them, to the reptiles that are found there. So it's it's um, like I said, it's it's a uh, a complete entire system in itself, and. When we speak about science, it's it's just uh, basically unraveling these interlinkages to 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 better understand them. Right, right. Uh, I think I I agree with you, Tarun, that river itself is a holistic system and consists of several dimensions. Uh, it is not just simply water flowing uh, through a channel. And so you can push it around through conduits and pipes. I really like the way you spoke about diatoms and invertebrates and vertebrates, different kinds of living beings living in the water. Tarun, I'm just thinking a little bit right now uh, from 
uh, because our network is Indian Youth Water Network. So I'm thinking a little bit in terms of Indian thinking about rivers. Uh, and that's where the sociocultural aspects also come in. And uh, you remember the project, the environmental project that uh, we together worked in, and you just spoke about that in uh, earlier during the conversation. You know, uh, over there, I remember having this insight that, you know, rivers, um, it seemed to me that were considered sacred, even now are considered sacred, although I don't um, know how much of that understanding still prevails. But also the fact that all of the other living beings river, living in the river are somehow uh, forgotten um, while all of the decisions are made around um, allocating water. So how do you see the awareness of people, especially in India, uh, or if I may say so, the awareness of youth even about the rights of the river or the rights of these species living in the waters of the river? Right now, it seems to me that humans are deciding the course of the river and, you know, all of the allocations. So how do you, how do you see this? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I agree that uh, we, it's, it's very human-centric. Uh, how we um, like use the river and um, of course like um, uh, the the life in the river so the all the the living organisms they are often called or, or they're referred to as the mute stakeholders because they don't they cannot complain you know they cannot unlike humans they cannot protest so um, yeah I mean then it's 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 on people uh, who are studying rivers, who understand rivers from more than just a, a flowing entity, you know, just uh, that understand that there is the river as, as a functioning system can only carry out all its functions if all the structural components are in place. So, um, yeah, I'm not really sure um, apart from what is taught in schools or in colleges, what extra information is being provided to the younger generations uh, about what are rivers. Of course, like, you know, the, the most, the social, like you just mentioned, the sociocultural aspect um, of, of, of our rivers, of especially Indian rivers, we, we more know about the cultural aspects about the rivers than, than let's say the ecological aspects. So, which is because like this has been sort of uh, has been subliminally um, taught to us that okay, this certain river has a religious value, and so and also the history where it comes from. So, which is which is of course very important. It's, it's uh, all the cultural oral histories are very important, but we are never told like um, we are never taught until a very later stage in our lives that uh, what rivers. Uh, what what we see that the rivers are providing to us is because of all these smaller structural components that the river holds you know be it, like i explained the be it the water flow going through it the, the the rocks the pebbles and the insects the diatoms dwelling on them so i think we we need a we need a a concerted effort and i think through iywn is, is one of these things that I hope that we bring about this. Not a huge change, but even a little dent would be would be more than what I would expect at this time. Yeah, that I think um, we don't understand rivers that well, and uh, 
now because most of us uh, most of the young people young generation we live away from the river the the connection with the river has uh, been taken away in in a way that um, we live in cities more and um, we don't understand or connect with the river that way that's what i feel uh, i was thinking that uh, when it comes to river and as you as you mentioned that okay it's a whole system it's not just the flowing water it's it constitutes the pebbles and the insects and um, it, there is a whole structure to it the river itself is living and uh, don't you feel that the way we are exploiting rivers or the way we are using river water and river system that uh, as humans we have become a little more narcissistic towards uh, river that we want everything from it and we don't want to give anything back like um, how you see the relationship between river and uh, humans surrounding the river yeah it's an interesting question dev um yeah to be honest there is this this instance i i always mention to my colleagues abroad and and also in india it's it's something that happened and neha knows about it because we were on the same project and it it was so we were trying to uh, again you know play god and decide um, how much water does this uh, certain river need so i was a part of the ecology group and uh, we were supposed to give um, let's say a value in in cubic meters uh, that this much water should flow and is good for the fishes or the invertebrates but then on the same hand uh, people who were living there they had a completely different demand of water so they wanted waste high water which was way more than we we ecologists had suggested like and to me this was very clear uh, that you know a that people perceive uh, things differently and then then what we natural scientists would, would think that okay um so it was a eye opener this also told me that some some of the uh, dwellers like like you said you know the connection of course has been lost because it's not um in in earlier times where where people were more attached to nature they could sit and observe it's not life is very fast they move away from these things and uh, but there 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 is still some connection and mostly you're right it's because they're taking something from the river they're getting something could be um provisioning of food could be i don't know uh they're getting some sand from the banks or something but i think but this this has all, all, this had always been like that that because human civilizations they were based always near where rivers were it started like that in india too uh so it was always like that but it's just the magnitude differs a lot now you know with all the development and the tools that they have now the damage is far more than the river can take at a certain point in its course and um in its spatial course and, and time so it doesn't get enough time to regenerate to to get back to its uh and and i think that's 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 the worst so they're making damages that are basically irreparable or or might even be irreversible in the future so yeah that i think that's 
that's what is 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 we should be the major concern for for us that uh, you know not to turn our rivers into something that we can never like go back to them like you know and they can never be like brought back to life so right so um because as you as you told that uh, the river system itself is very complex so do you think that uh, we humans are actually cognitively equipped enough to decide for the system itself because it's so complex or uh, what what else can we do like uh, now here is a very complex lively river system and we don't even understand the whole river now we have to decide about the river because we feel that we have to so what do you think we should do like how do you perceive that decision making process if we have to decide something about the river system what should we do like uh, how can we uh, fathom such a big system and then decide on something yeah i mean that that's that's a good question and you know um to begin with like we it's not like we are just starting to understand these systems like science on rivers so i did my phd on how rivers meander right and um, what processes are involved in in meandering beat beat like how the water flows around these bends or uh, how the sediment is carried around this bend where is it eroded where it gets deposited this knowledge so like the science itself has existed for over a century so i have i think i have cited papers in my thesis from 1902 um so it's not like we we are just beginning to we of course we know quite a bit about like what are the processes what are the structures but you know how science in in general proceeds is like at the very forefront what's happening is 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 like it's shifting uh, or the knowledge is being gained at the very forefront and very slowly bit, bits bits and pieces are being added so the more we know in so here's the thing so the more we know about these systems the interlinkages the better we can uh, you know use that knowledge to restore them to better manage them in in a, in a way that you know uh, it's it's sustainable you know so we leave something for the rest of the the coming generations um so that's that's how i would say that uh, with more research the more research goes into studying rivers and cuz the diversity is not just like about in the river system it's also like there is everything changes when you go from like let's say temperate to the top tropics so a lot of things change and especially in a situ- in a country like india we have population that is uh you know it's it's just exploding and uh, other countries might not have this problem so we have to sort of tailor fit some things um but yeah in general i i would just say that we need more research we need more um ground research um to to sort of inform um the strategies of this sustainable management and, and they should be very tailor fitted to to different river systems even across uh, the same country they should be different cannot apply one one fits all 
for a rule here. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, actually, um, okay, I have a one more question. Like, uh, when you have traveled, uh, uh, maybe through, uh, in your uh, own uh, experience when you were working with the river system, when you were traveling, what do you see a person who's living uh, in the proximity of the river have uh, have a different uh, perception towards river than a person who's living like not in the proximity of river like a person the person's understanding changes or have you observed anything like that yeah uh, so although i'm not um, i'm not um, i wouldn't claim i'm a uh, social scientist but this much is, is of course apparent like you know if if you are um, out on the field and, and you're uh, speaking to a fisherman who, um, you know, is, is has been um, like fishing has been going on and for several generations in his family, they would of course have a very intimate connection with the with the river. Then if you go in a in a, in a local supermarket or something and ask the, the cashier there, hey, what do you think about the river? They of course would know that the some local fishes are coming from there, but that that would be it. Like they, or they probably go there for recreation, you know. But there is a huge difference, of course. People who have been living there, and generations uh, of people who have been living there, they they have they, they live in such intimacy that they know everything about that system in in their local area. They they know a lot, and this is also something that I I wish um, we can understand more. Because there is a lot of information and knowledge that is 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 kept with them, and which can be can be really used uh, to keep rivers, um, you know, um, uh, safe and 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 uh, healthy for coming um, several years. Right. Why I was asking that because uh, most of the time when we um, decide for the river, like as a as a person who's working uh, in the policy making field or uh, any technical field, we are away from the river and we see river in a very different way. And uh, maybe the relationship which we have with the river is entirely different. So the, the perception and the factors which we, we would take as a, a river system would differ from a person who's actually living there. Maybe that person have a little more understanding of what is going on and they they can see the problems better and maybe uh, see the solutions also in a in a different right, way right right so i was just yeah for sure trying for to sure, understand yeah i mean this is um i truly believe in that um that it's it's not you cannot approach uh, rivers with just like um, a, a certain predisposed uh, mindset that oh we'll just look into ecology uh, or we'll just look into uh, better geomorphology we it's 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 a uh, you should approach it with a with a holistic view in mind that this is a that's why i said it's it's a complete system in itself and uh, which includes of course humans as well so you have to tackle it uh, like you know you yeah one should be capable and that's why like all these um, new projects and new concepts they they are um they they all are very like cross uh, cross 
cross-cutting in the sense that they bring together research domains that would otherwise not work together. Um, so this, this I think this is already a new and a good trend. And um, I personally want to, uh, to be uh, one of those people who, who, who work with, with getting everyone together uh, at a place and, you know, discussing it out and uh, yeah, for the greater good of the, the water body itself. Wonderful, Tarun, and I think uh, that that's uh, a very that statement is made in, on a very inspiring note because that's that's what we all of us are trying to do through um, the Indian Youth Water Network initiative as well, and uh, the fact that the three of us uh, have worked uh, at some point or the other in Uttarakhand, and Tarun, you belong to Uttarakhand. I cannot not mention today's incident, uh, which was the the avalanche that happened in the Doliganga Valley, yeah, and uh, uh, has wreaked havoc and a lot of damage downstream. It's not even um, analyzed properly uh, what sort of damage it has caused to life and property. We are still uh, uh, making sense of it, but that just reminds me of all of the research that uh, us and maybe uh, if some of our listeners have worked in that region can relate to um, and uh, you know it's such a fragile ecosystem uh, that region and a lot of our rivers in North India originate uh, in the Himalayas and so it's it's about time that we start thinking about uh, like you said Tarun um, that you cannot look at these systems um, from just one uh, lens um, and that's where coming together and understanding them collectively and Divya was also saying uh, posing a question even that are we even cognitively um, you know capable to understand the complexity that these systems uh, um, have inherently so Tarun, as aquatic ecologist, I would want to know that uh, what, what do you think that one bias which you have and uh, one bias which you see in other people when you try to collaborate with people in other domains? Can you just uh, like briefly tell about that? Yeah, so um, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a bias, but it's something, of course, you know, you, you, you like sort of formally train. Um, and you you are getting like certain type of education so you keep you, you your ideas and everything they they are coming from a certain background then but this of course exists um like i said like i'm trying now uh, to sort of understand the social uh, dynamics and the aspects related to the the water systems i would admit that i was biased in the sense that um uh, like for me um what the river wants was uh, sort of what restricted to only the eco ecological component and uh, 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 the eco ecological and the geomorphological let's say that sort of component and i sort of got like i gave this example um earlier on that you know when someone said that they also need this much water during this season in a river it was then I started to sort of understand that, yeah, that 
humans are as much uh, as as of stakeholders in in a you know in um, in a natural water body as much as any other species is of course we the 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 whole the whole thing is pretty skewed towards humans because we are the major we use the water like you know as we see fit and the other component doesn't get to to doesn't have a say in all of this so maybe that my bias was for the good <laughs> and you know to shift the right. system towards a balance we maybe need that kind of bias but yeah um so i but i guess it's the same for social scientists too um neha was telling me about this uh, image that somebody had put on with a uh, fallen or a dead tree in the water and i said you know this is a very beautiful image because this is a very uh, ecologically heterogeneous system because i see a dead tree in there that must be um it's 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 a really good habitat for a lot of things but for others this could be a nuisance to to look at a fallen tree in a river and and wonder why it's is there is it looks like rubbish or something so yeah and and what uh, what bias you see in others like um, which which uh, you must have thought that okay maybe they are thinking this way and they should have not thought that way and they are like totally biased what yeah what one yeah. aspect you want to yeah you know you i certainly feel this for the engineers that the engineers especially the the, the civil engineers they have to be sensitized towards uh, um the the living nature of the river you know it's it's not yeah uh, i think that they, they my interaction with the with the with these engineers have been very um uh, at times very awkward because i felt that they only felt um channelizing a river is an option or, or dredging it to make it this much deep is is a good option so i think um that was a huge bias and then it it felt almost like the the river is like i don't know just another thing that they can modify and and uh, to what they call is beautified by like channelizing it so you know they they find beauty in that and that was a bias that i sort of don't understand but i think it comes from a point of view that they're not sensitized enough uh during their training as to what um, a natural river system should look look like or so i would say yes that 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 would be it right we need to change uh you know the mindset of people of of not only the general public who who is are mostly users and stakeholders in in on, let's say on a river system but also of the people working towards its conservation or or uh you know not it's not conservation modification of the system they should be sensitized in a very holistic way about what the system is and what it what are the natural components to to say that we have to move forward in a manner that we don't leave any of the aspects behind and uh, all the stakeholders are as important uh, are equally important and that we cannot just go uh like like the you know the motto of um i iwwn is is to to break the silos we cannot live in go on living in silos this is not good and sustainable for the future for our river systems yeah that was amazing
thank you tarun what we have discussed is uh, every stakeholder is important and um, moving forward as young researchers we should always uh, try to we should always try to create a team where every aspect of water is represented right it should be collaborative effort yes rather than like working by yeah so we should be mindful at, at least we should be perceptive enough as young researchers yeah, that everyone has to be there yes right it's a multi dimensional problem and it should be approached in, in the same way thank you very much neha devya and uh, ah. yeah thanks again i hope you carry on with the series of podcast and uh, yeah i'm looking forward to to hear from more of our members yes um, absolutely and i i want to tell them that if if they if they want to get in touch with me uh regarding any anything that has to do with the issues we are facing with 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 water in india or everything anything you can just feel free to drop me an email i hope that information is available somewhere or if not you can get in get in touch with me or dipya and tell them let me know thank you tarun